Hello, and welcome to the long belated return of the Theology Gaming Podcast. My name is Zachary Oliver, the owner and proprietor of the Theology Gaming Blog and Grand Supreme Overlord of the Theology Gaming Facebook group. And I am here with two special guests. One of our guests is Joseph Loon. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Wow, this could end up in an endless loop. It's an endless loop of greetings. <laughs> I'm not good at that. I'm shutting up now. Okay. Brandon, start talking. <laughs> and, uh, and Brandon. Brandon Zamato. Or Brandon Ball Z, as I like to call it. Yeah, we can just stick with that. They're both <laughs> part of the quote-unquote TG staff, which is vaguely defined at best. <laughs> is that what we're called? We're staff? Kind of. I don't know. That implies we know what we're doing. I like it. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. It explains why we haven't had a podcast. Well, that and Christmas and everything. That is not my responsibility, so I blame somebody else. I hope it's not me. Oh, goodness. We haven't had a podcast since November 18th. Was was that our Hearthstone one? Uh, I think it was... Involved Heroes of the Storm at the same time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Heroes of the Storm. Well, then you went away for like three weeks, though. Yeah, that didn't help. And then when you got back, it was Christmas. So, so that was it. yeah. Right. But uh, hopefully we'll have a podcast every two weeks. Maybe. Yes. Uh, it's, it's, our, an- it's our vague promise and not really much of a promise at all. Though. Yeah. <laughs> it's our New Year's goal. Anyway, all right, let us start. This is our Game of the Year 2016 podcast, which has some very strange rules because we didn't all play games that actually came out last year, or did we? Yes, we did. Yeah, I think we all played a couple, at least, that came out last year. But that doesn't mean it's the game we actually liked most that year. Well, maybe maybe we need to define what we mean by Game of the Year 2016. Game that you liked most that you played in 2016. I like it. That works. So it could be Super Mario Brothers, the original. Yeah. If that's what you had most fun with. Yeah, like that. Okay, I'm down for that. Alright, I'm trying to think what my game of the year would be. If you want me guys if you want me to go first, that's fine. Well, since I know mine, do you want me to go first? first. Alright. Mine is Uncharted 4. Why and like it so much? it's I'm trying to think of the, like the best way to describe this. It did everything that the Uncharted franchise is known for, and it just did it to such great and just better than anything that came before it. They took everything, you know, things that they learned from The Last of Us, and they incorporated over there. They had all these Easter eggs. They had a great story. It hit all the right notes for me. It was just. Like, it was just a fantastic experience for me. Now I know not everyone feels that way, but I just thought they did a really, really great job with the franchise and kind of send, kind of sending it off, but not really because we're getting a side story sometime soon with Chloe or something. So how similar is it to the previous three or four? Four, if you include the Vita one. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's Uncharted. Like, you already know, like, when you get into it, 
what's gonna like you know what you're getting into playing the game you know uncharted except more pretty oh it's probably one of the best looking games i've ever played if not the best looking game (laughs) yeah and i never really noticed any hiccups with it you know they have great voice acting because you get uh troy baker and nolan north you know playing back and forth with each other like two people at the top of the game (laughs) and uh, like all the little gameplay elements because i think uncharted has done really really well with each successive game it keeps getting better especially gameplay wise story wise maybe not so much because i don't know what your view would be on three but know the basic plot of three yeah Yeah, three is kind of weird three is awkward and people don't seem to like it very much yeah especially coming after two well i think everyone also expected it to be the last one yeah because it's supposed to be a trilogy thing but then they had the fourth one so yeah and the way that they tied everything up in this one was just really really well now are they actually going to be like fully done with nathan i don't know i mean people thought that the last of us shouldn't get a sequel and here we are we're getting one (laughs) so but naughty dogs at least earned my like respect and trust that if they feel they can tell a great story, I, you know, trust and believe that they will. Yeah. And apparently it's been nominated for a U.S. Writers Guild Award. Uncharted 4? Yeah. Huh. Of course, also Far Cry Primal was also nominated. So I don't know. <laughs> Validity. <laughs> also, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare was also nominated. So I'm not sure <laughs> what that says. Either these games are really, really special or. <laughs> They have very low standards. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you got to think of it. It can't be that bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and also, um, Mr. Robot 1.51 Exfiltration. What the heck is that? I've never heard of in my life. I thought you were going to talk about like the Mr. Robot show, because isn't that a show on TV? Uh, it sounded like it came of a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Robot is a show on Amazon Prime, I think. Uh, USA. Yeah, but definitely has nothing to do with Uncharted 4. No. <laughs> but it's so but the core game is pretty much identical, which is kind of the pretty much jump into your sort of thing. Yeah, you're, thing and, yeah, you'll be climbing, seeing pretty s- sceneries, doing all these, you know, you'll have the set pieces, you'll have the Oh, you're in a room and there's waves of bad guys, but it's just, it's really, really fun. You know, I I just find it fun, even though as unbelievable, you know, everybody wants realism, but you know, here you are, here's a room and we're just going to throw waves of enemies at you. I still find it fun. They, uh, the sequences just kind of link the plot parts together. Yeah. And, uh, did you guys play Splinter Cell like Conviction? Nope. I played uh, which one? The the one that came out last. Blacklist. Blacklist. All right. I think it might have been in there because I think it started in Conviction. You know uh, the mechanic of like where if you see someone, you can mark them. So that way you can kind of like see them or like if you wanted to do something to them. Yeah, that's in Blacklist too. Okay. They they put that in Uncharted. So like when you're like walking around, if you see someone, you can mark them. So like when you're doing stealth missions, you can kind of like see where they're walking and everything. And there's actually no limit to how many people you can mark, but 
just things like that, like just make the game like a little bit easy, easier, but still fun and manageable. They just did a good job, especially like you guys have played Last of Us too, right? I think, did you play it, Zach? I haven't played it enough to really say much about it. Uh, but you kind of know like the deal with like the sneaking around and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Pretty much stealth. Yeah, they at least incorporated what they learned from there over. So it wasn't as much like Uncharted 2 and 3 were kind of as clunky third person. So they refined it. And, and do they have any of those sequences where like a million guys come in? I'm pretty sure they do. <laughs> That's what I remember from the I'm first pretty- Uncharted that I didn't like. Yeah. You know, I don't. People take way too many bullets. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. But Uncharted is also one of those games that I don't think you have to play on hard. Like, if you want to play on easy, I would never make fun of anyone for playing on easy. Just because when you go into those games, you're probably going in more for the story than the gameplay. Yeah, it's the difficulty is not much of the point. Yeah. So uh, the areas are a lot bigger. So. I remember there being lots of enemies, but I don't remember them being like funneled to you just as in like, if they saw you, there'd be lots of guys in the whole area. Lots of guys. So, so yeah, cause I, 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 I think magic door. <laughs> There's a billion. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember that from the first one. Cause when you're inside, just all the funnels of enemies, especially near the end, when you get the zombie type things, Yeah. you know what? I'm curious. Like now, whether it's actually worth your while to play through all the Uncharted games. Or I do d- they really stand alone by themselves? Uh, me and my wife did before 4 came out. We got the collection for PS4 because she had never seen them. So I like ran through and played them on easy and she watched and followed the story. And then when I got 4, she sat with me and went too. Okay. And uh, how was it? <laughs> it was still great. But I'm really biased on Uncharted because that probably after Zelda and Metal Gear, Uncharted's probably next for me. So you would say that like Uncharted is kind of a defining series for the PlayStation and 4 just makes it all, improves on that even more. Yeah, because I would put it up there as Uncharted is a, as a system seller. Like, you know, Xbox has Gears and Halo. You know, PlayStation has Uncharted and God of War, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, it comes down to exclusives of what people want to play for what system they have. And, you know, Uncharted is probably one of them that people will say, though, well, that's one of the reasons why I have a PlayStation. Right. Yeah. And they, they don't have such a defined continuity. Like, I mean, they're sequels, but they're more like, here's an adventure. Here's another adventure. Yeah. It's more mm-hmm. about the <clears throat> characters and things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because everything carries over and they make references and it is all one continuous story, but it's like it's like Indiana Jones. Right. Yeah. And the so you you don't necessarily have to play them, but you, you, you know, I would recommend it. Just kind of like if you're going to watch Indiana Jones, you probably should watch all of them. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I guess that's up in the air if people really want to watch it. <laughs> I liked it too, so. Uh, the first time I saw it, <laughs> anymore. 
I haven't but, seen it since it's in the theater, but that's another discussion. You're a teacher? Part time. but i think that's what uncharted is though it's like a big it's a summer blockbuster movie that just has its it's funny it's highs and lows and like i don't have like as high as expectations in there as to say like you know like star wars (laughs) or something like i'm really like really really into where this is just like a fun summer blockbuster type movie game that you get to play that happens to have great story and gameplay with it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even recommend hard mode. I did the first game in hard mode. It was not fun. All it does <laughs> is make people bullet sponges and sends more people at you pretty much. It's like exhausting. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so here's my recommendation. Play Uncharted, just don't play it on hard or above. Yeah. So so that's my game of the year for last year. Uh, also, yes. if you happen to not own a PS3 or PS4, you still can play uncharted when playstation now has it i believe oh i forgot about that i need to put that on my list and you know it's not the kind of game where streaming and kind of like input delay is really gonna matter all that much so well i've heard that the delay is not bad but i need to try that out the better your internet connection is the better it will be of course that you do kind of need a ps3 or (laughs) controller but that's kind of minor compared to yeah How do you tell what games are on PlayStation now? Do you just have to have one? Well, no, you can go. uh, There's a, I'll put it in the Discord chat, but there's 450 games that you can stream. Well, it looks like one, two, and three are on PlayStation now, but. Well, yeah, I just saw two that they're talking about putting four on there. Looks like they have two. Last of Us is on there. Joe, you need to get in on this so you can play some of these games. Yeah, I, I forgot about it. I need to come up with a reason why I can be off work for several days and do nothing but play video games. <laughs> there are many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you know what they should do is if you already own a game on PlayStation 3 and it's on PlayStation now, they should be able to let you have it. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that would be nice, but there's like no way to really to double check this. Yeah, we don't want to be like Nintendo. <laughs> Please no. Anyway, we don't we don't need to talk about the, the disaster that is the Switch. <laughs> You'll get people mad, Zach. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Cue the angry fan mails. <laughs> anyway, Uncharted Four is your game of the year. Any runner yes. ups or no? Runner up would probably be Dark Souls Three. And was it good? I thought it was good. Yeah, you Bloodborne. You didn't like it. I can't believe. It. I I did not like Bloodborne. It creeped me out. Yeah, it would creep me out too. But don't say yeah. me hate it, it. It, it, it. I just, like I said, I didn't hate it. Yeah, it just makes me feel really dirty. And even talking about it right now kind of makes me want to go take another shower. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm I'm just like joking about that. But. It it does its job. It, the game is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable, yeah, like very uncomfortable, and it does it well, yeah, and it plays really well. Yes, that could be considered either a warning or an endorsement, depending on who you are. <laughs> yeah, it's a love it or hate it sort of game, I think. Yeah, it's up for everyone's own discernment. I I don't know if I could recommend it. No, 
I would say, I would say if you, if you want to play it or you have thoughts about it, maybe do some research first and see if it's for you. I wonder if it's on PlayStation now. I'm curious now. Do they put four games on there? PlayStation four games? Uh, I don't think so. Bloodborne is not on the list. Uh-huh. At some point it will be. Yeah. Probably in like a couple years. Anyway, also, I bought a PS4 just to play it, so there Yeah. Also, I think probably what Bloodborne is, I'd rather play with a sword and shield. Yeah, because for the safety. <laughs> well, and that's funny, is I had a shield equipped during Dark Souls 3, and I hardly ever used it, because after playing Bloodborne, like, I got so used to rolling around. Yeah, it makes you so used to, like, not using a shield that you, yeah. you find it weird. Well, and Dark Souls 3 brought back the iframes, too, so it made rolling around viable again instead of tying it down to a stat, like yeah. two. I think the iframes are a little too generous in 3, to the point where yeah. you can just kind of roll around the entire arena and not get hit by anything. Yeah, but it makes it so fun. Uh, that's true. So, do I look... really hard in two, 3, but after that, it's like generally okay. Yeah. And then just some of the bosses. Like Nameless King, I had a tough time with. Uh, yeah, I had I must have had a problem with one boss. It's probably like Champion Gundir or something. Yeah, he was kind of tough too just because he's so relentless. Yeah. And there's like hardly any windows to heal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of the trend with like all the bosses. Yeah. Hard, hard to heal at all. Now, I don't know if I like it more than 2 because I have a soft spot for 2 because that's the first Souls game I beat. Yeah, and really played. You beat is usually the one you like best. So, it's kind of the rule. yeah. So I guess I like the one that people like the least. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you have not played through any of them yet. No, I have not. I started, but I have not made it through. You got to do it continuously. It needs to like be the only thing in your life. Yeah. <laughs> Dark Souls is like marriage. It's a commitment. Well, it's funny you say that because it's just like watching sitcoms where everybody has, you know, the guy with commitment issues. That's kind of like me with video games. It's like <laughs> I, I get a certain amount into it and I'm like, I'm just kind of bored. And I don't know if there's anything exciting left. So then I just switch to something else. But I, I, I need to do it. I know I do. Please, for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And let us watch. I, I was making some good progress in Dark Souls, and then I just stopped because I don't know why. I'm a bad person, maybe. Uh, you know what? That's what happened to me the first couple times I tried to play it. I, like, hated it. Five hours. Yeah. I, like, about five hours in, I'm like, I hate everything about this. I'm quitting. Yeah. Well, I'm the kind of guy that, like, I need to know what's going on. And if I don't know what's going on and have no real way to find out what's going on, I'm just a lot less invested in it. So I'm like, ooh, dark world where I get a big sword and I get to hack people. Yay. <laughs> and I'm like oh, that okay, that is so, all you need to know. That's not what you tell me to get me to go back into it yeah, though. The yeah, the plot isn't like required, but yeah. you can find out a lot about it just by examining the environment and reading yeah. game descriptions. See, because what you that's effort. Yeah. What you do is you need to lead me on just a little bit and say, oh, that's where you're at. About two hours from now, you get a really cool something or other. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Do that. 
All right. Mostly it has people that say, like, go to this place. Yeah. But I won't tell you whether or not I actually want you to get there or I want you to go <laughs> your way there. Yeah. And, then, and then creepy laugh. Well, yeah. That's a, the, the entire game is kind of a creepy laugh. Yeah. Creepy yeah. Laugh. yeah. Just like, like the first time you make it to a bonfire, it's like, ooh, I cleared out all these guys, and now I get to sit down and rest and explore. And then I wake up from the bonfire, yeah. and like all the enemies are right back where they were. <laughs> It's like what? That's not how bonfires yeah. are supposed to work. It's such a nice game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if you do want to learn about the lore, I recommend watching videos on YouTube because there are some fantastic lore videos out there. Yeah. Just do you know what? Play through the game and then just watch the lore videos after. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I would send a recommendation out to watch the Vati video ones because he he did a lot of work like spending like tens and tens and hundreds of hours doing lore videos and setting up scenes and he does an awesome job wow well needless to say dark souls i like what i play but it is not my game of the year 2016 yeah I, I yeah <laughs> <laughs> what is so, your 2016 game of the year my game of the year for 2016 would definitely have to be doom doom like the new Doom, not old Doom. Doom 2016 release. Um, <laughs> because we don't know anymore because the game has the exact same name. Yeah, that, that's kind of like a side note of trends that need to die, and that is releasing a new game with the exact same name as an old one. Pray. I have to now always say Doom or Doom 2016. Yeah, 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 yeah. but definitely Doom 2016, in spite of all the name confusion, is worth playing and one of the best games to come out this year even though i've only played like four games that came out this year so would you call it an improvement on the doom formula or would you just say it's a new game but it captures the spirit of the original i would have to say it's a new game but it captures the spirit of the original okay. it's because not, i've it's not the original, top is what you're they really they kind of cater to different they do different things because I was thinking about it and, you know, Doom 2016 comes at a time when shooters have been pretty much ever since uh, Call of Duty 4 came out in 2007, 2008. Since then, shooters had really been all about um, scripted sequences and set piece moments. And it's like, we're going to make this really cool thing happen that you have no control over. So you're just going to kind of fight around it. And that had kind of made shooters boring for a while because after so many set pieces, it's kind of like, oh, eh, other big things happening that I can't do anything about. So I'm just going to shoot people. And then it's like Doom just took one step back and said, huh, no matter what happens in the game, you still have to shoot people. So how about we make that part of it fun? <laughs> and uh, they really did. I mean, they just... It's it sounds kind of sadistic to say, but it's it's the most fun you'll ever have shooting people and ripping them apart. <laughs> and you know, and that's one thing because all of the the hype leading up to the game, it presented something that felt completely different once you finally started playing it. Because all the emphasis was on glory kills and ripping people's arms off and beating them to death with them and just the movement and all that. And then once you finally get into the game and play it for yourself, you realize that this is just 
it captures the feel of the original from 1993 where you're just a guy with a gun there's bad guys so shoot them <laughs> and, <laughs> and there, there's no statement to be made it's just it's you know what you have to do and it's fun yeah and it has and a, it has a quote, 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 plot <laughs> It's it's kind of like what you said about Dark Souls a few minutes ago, where there's a story, but you don't need to know any of it to play the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what they did was kind of interesting, but it's not like, huh, I'm going to play Doom through on easy mode just for the story, you know? Okay. <laughs> that that doesn't work. There's got to be someone out there doing that, though, right? <laughs> Actually, yeah, because last week... I was on the Doom Reddit, and there was somebody who written like a couple thousand words just trying to figure out how do all the various plot lines from the four Doom games like overlap. And it was kind of interesting <laughs> that he did it, but I just, I don't know. I just, that's taken it just a little bit too far for me. I'm pretty sure Doom cares little for continuity at all. <laughs> if it cared about continuity, it would be just enough to punch it in the face and then like throw it into a lava pit or something <laughs> continuity i'll show you what continuity is for yeah I, I really do like the melee stuff though i think it's a neat addition and it keeps things like moving it really does and you can it, it kind of goes back to the um good old days if you want to call them where you can pick your favorite weapon and use that until you run out of ammo for it you can upgrade weapons too, right? Something you can upgrade your weapons. You can carry 10 at a time. So you can switch back and forth. And um, it, it's, I'm, let me look and see how many hours I have on it so far. I've got 36 hours into it. And I think it's taken up like 80 gigs of hard drive space. But it's going to be a while before I delete this. <laughs> that is a lot of hours. And how long does it take to go through the story? 13, maybe? Uh, yeah, between 10 and 13, depending on how fast you go. But they keep adding stuff to it. Like, they added uh, an arcade mode a couple of months after it was released. And I'm thinking, you know, is it really going to be any fun? But it actually, it, it's a lot of fun. Because um, whatever exposition is there, they just speed right through it and take it out. And then you get a score for blowing people up, and there's modifiers based on how much, how, um, how how quickly you do that. And it just it kind of adds a strategy to all the mayhem, and it's a lot more fun than I would have thought it would be. Well, it seems like an arcade mode is sort of perfect, especially if it's based on like time and how fast you go through it. Yeah, and it's like uh, the time between kills is what causes your multiplier to go down. So you have to fight through some of those sections thinking, well, maybe you don't want to shoot everybody as fast as you possibly can. Well, I can tell you from what I played, I really like the new Doom. I don't know if it's better than the other one because I kind of played them close to each other, but I think Doom is pretty awesome. I, it's difficult to say if it's better than the new ones or the old ones, but just like people... I'd say it's better uh, than Doom 3. How about that? Yes. Because <laughs> I think, you know, people people are still playing Doom from 1993 today. I mean, I did earlier this year, and it's still fun. Are people still going to be playing this Doom in, what, 2037? Mm, I don't know. 
question to answer. That is a hard question to answer. Probably. Maybe. I certainly I, I certainly don't see it going away and just being shuffled into history without a thought. Well, the, single, well, the, single, uh, the multiplayer, the less said, the better, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it took them six months to come out with a free-for-all mode, so that, that tells you all you need to know. And I guess it was outsourced, so it's not even developed by id internally? That's yeah, I think uh, the whole multiplayer component was uh, developed by a different studio, and by the time id finished up with their post-release support and everything and finally was able to do something with it, it just took them six months to really get it back on track. <laughs> That's a long time. Well, yeah, and, you know, it, it it's not really as fun to me just because it follows too many other multiplayer shooters and ignores what it did in single player. So in multiplayer, loadouts are back and you only start with two weapons. And that's just, you know, that's not fun because to me anyway, because I think of back to the classic shooters where everybody starts off and they have this pathetic little pistol and then there's a rush to find the best guns on the map and that just creates so many dynamic strategic moments in a game and then in doom 2016 everybody can start off with a rocket launcher and that's it i mean it just it becomes more about twitch reflexes which mine are terrible so maybe i'm biased but my, my reflexes are terrible and it's just not as fun to play that way Hmm. Well, it's too bad about the multiplayer, but hey, you know, we got like the single player campaign, so. That and there are deathmatch bots. Oh, they do? They have bots now? Yeah, yeah, they put those in. However, you still have to be connected to the server. But I'm thinking, <coughs> I'm thinking that's just for, uh, they want to get some statistics maybe, and they'll go offline in a future update, I hope. So we'll see. That is strange. All right, so here's a question. So it seems like Id's shooters have been making really good comebacks lately with, like, the last Wolfenstein and Doom. Mm -hmm. Do you think they bring Quake back? Well, they've already, they're already bringing Quake back in multiplayer form. Hmm. That was announced at QuakeCon in August, but I forget exactly. Quake Legends, I think they're calling it. So is it going to be kind of like Quake 3 Arena, like newer? I think, I think so. They're, they're going straight for the uh, multiplayer arena, and I think they're just going to forget about uh, Quake 1 with this whole Lovecraft horror type thing, which is kind of sad because I'd like to see them go back to that if they could. I remember playing Quake 4 in 360. Uh, that, that was not the best experience. You really need to go back to the first two. <laughs> Well, Quake Live is still around, so if you do want that classic match feel... And Quake so. Live is still a whole lot of fun. I put it is a lot of hours into that in a very short amount of time. I will say this. It's very intimidating going in there, though, because it's super fast. It is, but you can kind of uh, acclimatize. Is that even a word? You, can, you get used to it after a couple hours. Oh, no. I think one of the last times I was on there, it was running at 150 frames per second. <laughs> <laughs> That's just smooth, man. It's meant yeah. to play fast. Yeah, super fast. Well, extra frames over 60 aren't really going to affect the way it looks, but yeah, it just means it's running real fast. Yeah, which is fine because I played a lot of Quake 3 when I was younger, yeah, well, and I, I enjoyed it. 
I should buy this. <laughs> what, Quake Live? Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. You should get on there and play with us. It's yeah. used yeah. to be free, and now it's like, what, $10, I think? It's 10 but I think it goes on sale for 5 Yeah, because I think I bought it during the lo- summer Steam sale. Yeah, it'll go on sale again, probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, oh, Joe, what what is your runner-up game of the year? <laughs> runner-up game of the year. Hey, don't get too far off track with Quake Life. Uh, let's see here. Um, Think carefully. Yeah, <laughs> see, I'm looking over my list. Just like I played uh, Rage for like the third time. I played Mirror's Edge. I'm gonna have to go with Hitman 2016. Did you play like the whole Hitman 2016 or? No, I still just got got through the first two levels and I bought the next two in the winter sale, but I haven't gotten to them yet. Huh, okay. But I just like Hitman because it's the complete opposite of Doom, where if you go in trying to shoot everybody, you're going to fail. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I don't know, it, it just, it, it's the first game I played that actually made stealth mechanics work where I didn't feel like I was held in place by some weirdly arbitrary rule that worked part of the time. It actually made stealth um, natural. If if you want to use that word. Um, So it's just, it's like this spy thriller where you go in and everything works like you think it should. It also felt a little more lighthearted than previous games in the series. It definitely the James Bond vibe is what seems to me more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all those times that you thought it was cool that James Bond could, you know, drown somebody in a toilet, you can actually do it in a video game now. (laughs) (laughs) Or horrible. You didn't do that? Am I the only one that did that? No, I didn't. I'm just saying, the way you describe it makes it sound like murderers. Did anyone else launch that one guy out of the cockpit of the, like, the ejection seat in the jet? Oh, yeah. Did anyone else do that? (laughs) I was going to say, if it makes you feel better, we can call him a lethal swirly instead of drowning (laughs) in the toilet. Well, it malfun- you know, it did malfunction. The toilet malfunctioned, so did the jet engine seat. Yeah. I just like how when you do that, though, like you're right by the jet and you're going through the checklist and all of a sudden the dude ejects and flies away, blows up and dies, and you just walk away and no one questions you. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're the guy who was doing the safety check. Yeah, but you did nothing wrong, so it's okay. Yeah, so just, well, I guess there was a malfunction. I'll just well, go that, home that, now. That's when you pull on your sunglasses and just be like, deal with it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It was a good. It was a good game, though, from what I played of it. Yeah, I like it. But I'm, uh, so I'm excited for the all, next. All of us played it, though, right? Well, uh, we didn't play all the way through, yeah, but we did. yeah, but we all did that first one, right? Yeah, we all did the intro pack. Yeah. I did see recently, though, that they are releasing it on disc too, coming out. Oh, are they? Because I know, yeah. I know that it got. Uh, I guess renewed is the is a bad word for it, but they are coming out with season two of Hitman. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because how many episodes was it? Was it five or six for? I think it's six one? total. Yeah, it might yeah. be seven. Might be seven. Might be seven. 
or it might be the original game plus five DLCs, which makes for seven levels. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. <laughs> But even just like the prologue episode that we did, mm-hmm. I think we paid like fifteen dollars for it. But there is like so like much so replay much value. Like, whoa! whoa. <laughs> Echo. Echo. Yeah. Because I only did the story missions, but then once you do that and you open up all these little side missions that you can do, mm-hmm. uh, and you you keep unlocking stuff and finding new ways to do things, like there's a ton of replay value in it. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing that really bothers me about uh, the Steam reviews right now where people just don't get because it's sitting at uh, 67% positive reviews and most of the negative reviews are just all about the the episodic release schedule and the fact that you have to be connected to um, the internet for certain features to work, which... Pretty much all the interesting features. <laughs> well... Like all the optional challenges, they only activate if you're online. Oh, do they? I guess I hadn't tried it offline yet. You should try it. It's real bare bones. <laughs> <coughs> and also those time limited, um, what is it? I can't remember what they're called. Special target missions or something. Oh, the the special contracts? Yeah, they're only available for a week. And then once the week's over, they're not in the game anymore. <laughs> right. And if you don't have the DLC, then you miss them completely. So... I mean, they they did make a couple of missteps there, but I really think that um, the way they handled Hitman is how episodic content is supposed to work. Yeah, because instead of releasing a partial game for nearly full price, they released a standalone segment of the game. And if you get hooked on it like I did, then you have people lined up willing to spend sixty dollars on the whole thing so and i would really like it if other developers did more of this just because i think you you could potentially increase your customer base that way just by providing a way for people to take a step into it without spending the full sixty dollars on it yeah it's kind of the same thing that capcom's trying to do with street fighter 5 although it didn't work quite right Like uh, you pay sixty bucks to play, get the game, and then you pay thirty dollars to get six <clears throat> characters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> no thanks. But, but it's okay now because, mm. like, fighting games are meant to be played over such a long period of time that you get better. And, better. Yeah. and then adding new characters adds a lot to the game, so it's not so bad. But the sixty dollar price tag just to only get sixteen characters was a little distressing. Mm. Now that the game's twenty bucks, it's a little more appetizing. Do you, you think it should about, have been? Um, go ahead, Joe. Are, are you talking about five or four? Uh, five. Four is like a traditional arcade game. They keep okay. You for every update. Now, because five is still uh, sixty dollars on Steam. I'm looking at it right now. Oh yeah, it'll it goes on sale though. But yeah, like PlayStation Four. It's pretty cheap. Yeah, it's pretty cheap. Mm. Now, would you have rather them? release like a cheap 20 25 dollar version and then you pay for these extras as they're added zach or that seems like it would make more sense oh okay so i'm looking at uh the price (coughs) it went on sale on steam during the uh winter sale for 20 bucks so yeah (laughs) that is well steam doesn't isn't like representative of the prices really yeah (laughs) on sale it'll be like 20 dollars 
that probably would have been better. But you know, Capcom. I think while we're talking episodic content, Final Fantasy VII is going to be an interesting one, which will may make or break episodic content for big games. I don't even know if that's ever going to exist. Seeing how well. <laughs> I think that's just a trailer, and they haven't worked on it yet. Did you say Final Fantasy Seven? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, didn't that come out like 20 years ago? It did. Yeah. It did. Yep, they're remaking it. Advent Children-style graphics, changing the story, releasing it in episodes. Hmm. Yeah, let's see. Final Fantasy Seven Remake. What's the release date? Uh, same with Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's done, which, or maybe never. never. Yeah. I think never is probably more likely at this point. Hey, we have a trailer. We have something, so we can just go with it. Yeah, we said that about a lot of games, didn't we? Yeah, right. Uh, what was that one Blizzard game? That sniper one? Ghost or whatever? Starcraft Ghost. Oh, yeah. Starcraft Ghost. Yeah. I remember that. What was a cool idea. Just, you know. Okay, Zach. Okay, Zach. What's your What's your game? Game of the year, 2016. Yeah, yeah quit stalling. Pick one. Okay. Uh, gonna... Now, I want to say Guilty Gear Revelator, but you know what? I, I like it, but I'm not sure whether or not I want to call fighting game my game of the year. Because it's kind of like very iffy. Also hard to explain. Because <laughs> uh, I played it for about four months straight, and I'm kind of dallying on and off right now, but I probably had the most fun playing that, but I would say the most interesting game I played last year is probably Final Fantasy 15. And didn't Ooh. that come out in December? It came out almost in December. It came out November 20th. 29th. Okay, so very tail end of the year. Yeah, it was delayed and then delayed again and then delayed again. <laughs> okay, so so for somebody who has never played or watched or I guess even really cared about a Final Fantasy game ever. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be honest. Sorry. <laughs> um, what is it about Final Fantasy 15 to the uninitiated that makes it interesting or worth playing? Uh, Final Fantasy has been a Japanese role playing game. Japanese role playing games are usually more focused on story. Well, depending on what you mean by story, it's not going to be a Western kind of rpg story it's more like mm -hmm. a linear experience where you kind of get railroaded through a sequence of events that are usually interesting or entertaining or whatever and it's not it's kind of not role-playing because you're always playing as a protagonist who's separate from yourself if that makes sense no so it's like a like, you know how in like skyrim or in dragon age or in most bioware games right you create a character and they're right. a character and they're kind of a stand-in for you. Mm -hmm. In Japanese role-playing games, that is almost never true. They're always a well-defined separate personality who is embroiled in the events of whatever happens in the game. So you're just more of like a uh, kind of a passive observer on the character side of it. But you sort of play the game and go through the events, right? Right. There's battle systems and all that sort of thing. But it's more focused on like a narrative that's not involving you. Mm -hmm. And Final Fantasy is pretty particular because it 
is a series that basically tries to reinvent itself with every iteration of the franchise. So Final <laughs> Fantasy One is really, really different from two, three, four, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they've been changing over time to match the tastes or ideas of whoever the director might be at any particular time. So fifteen used to be a spin-off of thirteen that ended up in development hell for about a decade. Hmm. So what we eventually got was a game that was developed in about three years' time by a totally different director, and the game itself is kind of unfinished. Yeah, I'm really selling this, aren't I? (laughs) (laughs) Man, this sounds like a great game of the year. Anyway, so the neat part about Final Fantasy XV is that it's the first open-world action version of the Final Fantasy series, at least the mainline games. Well, how open world was 12? Uh, 12 is open world, but not really. I mean, you're kind of straight-jacketed through a series of events in 12. Despite the fact that it's a very large world, you can't like freely explore it until <laughs> plot events happen. Whereas uh-huh. you have this giant map to do stuff in. So it's like kind of the... Uh, so you can actually go anywhere in 15 like without having to unlock it, really? Yeah. If, yeah. if you really want to. And the well, they kind of restrict you at the beginning, but then the open world opens up. Yeah, <laughs> it opens up pretty quick. Like you only have to play a couple hours to unlock most of the map. And it's probably my favorite game of the year because you just kind of explore and you find stuff. Did you like the story? Yeah, the story's good too. It's uh, it's kind of a departure from previous Final Fantasy games where. Everything is happy for everybody, but it's uh, it's neat nonetheless. I don't want to spoil anything. That's <laughs> why well, I'm not going to say much more than that. Hmm. Is it okay. very Stand By Me-ish? Yes, it is very Stand By Me-ish. That is kind of the main theme of the game. If you've ever heard that song or seen the movie, you kind of know what's going to happen. Yeah, well... Yeah, because isn't that movie like really big over in Japan for some reason? <laughs> yeah, because uh, independence is a big thing in Japanese culture. So a lot of it, the, because there's, you know, kids walk to school when they're yeah. like five years old or go on the train or whatever. Huh. Yeah. So they, they, you learn early about independence from your parents. It's a, I don't know if it's a cultural value, but it's certainly something that they enforce in their childhood. I will give you that it is a weird game because it's kind of weird watching them drive around in cars with Coleman tents and like Beats by Dre's and audio or Audis and it is a weird game and it has a particular flow to it. So like you'll wander around, you'll do stuff, right? But when night comes, big evil monsters come out, so you have to camp. Mm -hmm. You only get experience points if you camp. See, you have to rest. <laughs> you can't drive at night because the monsters will stop the car. But you can ride your chocobo at night. You can ride chocobos at night, yes. But you have to pay money to go on chocobos. And the only way you can get money is if you do hunts, which is just kill random monsters. And also the battle system's fantastic, except for the fact that the camera is pretty uncooperative. It's basically <laughs> like playing Devil May Cry or Bayonetta inside of a role-playing game, which is insane, but I can't say I understand how everything comes together, but I do have a sense of what the game actually is now. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a road trip. 
Yeah. A road trip where you kill monsters. A road trip where you kill monsters, help mm. people, and then eventually uh, finish the plot, which yeah. sends you down a super linear path to the end of the game. And then, It's not about the beginning or the end. It's about the journey. Yeah, exactly. And then when you beat the game, for whatever reason, most of the game opens up and you get to do all sorts of other cool stuff. Like one of the most interesting dungeons I've ever experienced in a roleplay game. <laughs> now, is New Game Plus in there yet? And it's five hours long with no save points. Oh. And the entire thing is just one giant platforming challenge. Ugh. It is absolutely Pla super amazing. Wait, it's platforming? Yeah. Is it Weird. fun? Oh, yeah, it's great. It's super frustrating and annoying, but it it's great. <laughs> and you have to uh, finish the game to actually do it and there's lots of stuff like that in this game there's tons of optional challenges because they figured you know hey people will keep playing afterward so <laughs> that's why I say the game's unfinished because there's a lot of extra stuff that seems like it should be in the main story but just isn't for whatever reason it, it sounds like they just they had a whole bunch of great content that they tried to fit into the story progression and instead of just scrubbing it entirely they're just like eh, we'll just put it at the end of the game i think they just ran out of time like hmm. they were just forced to have a product out by the end of 2016 because i think with six months time they probably could have finished hmm. it up but i've heard that there's it's fundamentally unfinished and they're going to pass hmm. it to a finished state <laughs> and this, this is not like I'm not even kidding. <laughs> no, they're supposed to be doing some big patch, and it's taken a while because they're doing all the voice acting and everything to try to clear things up. Yeah, and there's supposed to add cutscenes, like fix the game balance of certain chapters in the game. Because what was it? I think it's chapter 13 that everyone says is that there's issues with or something. That's what they're trying to fix. Is like one of the big things. Yeah, everyone hates that part. But I really like it. And I'll I'll tell you why. Okay, so if do you want me to describe this? Because you're actually not going to play it. You're going to watch your wife actually play through it. You can. You can I'm not yeah. Gonna spoil anything. I'm just going to tell you like how it plays. So yeah, you're fine. So 15, Fifteen basically has decided it's just going to be every genre, and uh, <laughs> it's, oh, no. it's super it's super ambitious in the way it goes about this. So chapter thirteen basically strips you of all your party members and all your like cool powers that you had for most of the game and you're forced to go through a bunch of very like very straight jacketed corridors where monsters will attack you and you have to like hide from them and the game basically turns into survival horror at this point huh jump scares and Points where you have to fight monsters with nothing but like a special accessory you get, and it's it is just super duper weird, and it's annoying, and it's actually challenging. And it but it goes on forever, and that's why people don't like it. But it it has plot relevance. Anyway, they're gonna fix that, and then they're also they have some unannounced uh, patch they're gonna do. That's the last thing I read about it. But anyway, there are just things that are just incomplete about it. But it has a lot of ambition and it has a lot of guts. And I appreciate that in a video game. Nice. Good. What's your uh what's your runner up game of the year? Okay, my runner up is Guilty Gear XR Revelator, which is a fighting game by Arc System Works. So what about really 
good. It's really good. Yeah, it's really good. It's going to be hard to describe fighting games without getting super technical, but um, suffice to say that uh, Guilty Gear is a good fighting game because it requires dedication and mindset, and it has a lot of interesting systems that actually all work together. So Arc System Works is known for kind of dense 2D fighting games, and this one's no exception. The main thing that's cool about it, though, is that every character kind of has their own unique thing going on. So whereas in, like, Street Fighter, everything has, like, a general game plan. So if I pick Ryu, I'm going to throw a lot of fireballs at you and zone you at, like, long mid-range. Or if I play Ken, I'm going to do the same thing, except I want to get in close because I'm just simply faster. Uh, Guilty Gear's characters are all basically playing a different fighting game. Hmm. <laughs> so you have like your standards like your you know, Kai and Soul are kind of your archetypal fighting game characters but then you have things like Zato Zato basically controls two characters simultaneously hmm. <laughs> and hmm. it's really hard to play and then there's characters like Faust who has rainbows <laughs> that he throws at you and they can lead to totally different combos and zoning patterns and things like this and then additionally, the game like is really, really fast, which might not sound like a positive, but uh, the speed lends itself to an anime quality, the way that the animation goes. I mean, it's not like you can't perceive what's happening, but it's, it, is a, it is kind of a very challenging game to actually play. But once you get it down, the moment-to-moment -moment decisions become very super entertaining. Hmm. Even when you're losing. But that's that's a different thing. <laughs> Fighting games and losing go hand in hand, especially when you start. Now, is this the one that they just announced a sequel for? Uh, they announced kind of a half update, which is, you know, this is an Arc System Works thing. Yeah. It's a rebalance of all the characters, and then they're going to add two more characters on top of it. So it's just like a minor DLC thing. Ah, uh, so it's DLC. It's not gonna. Is it gonna be a disc? It's there is gonna be a disc for a reduced price from normal retail, but yeah. So is that kind of like um, how Blaze Blue has like all these different versions? That's what they do. Is they just rework and then re-release it. Yeah, because for people who play fighting games, changing all of the way all the mechanics work in in tiny ways is enough to uh, warrant another purchase. Plus, anybody who's playing it competitively basically has to have the newest version of the game, so that's mm. kind of how the business model works. Well, I will say I can see that because I just got the, uh, Guilty Gear XR Design, and no one plays it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like no it's the old version. Yeah, no, no one whatsoever when I was online. Yeah, hence why Street Fighter V's model is pretty good because if you bought the base game, you're even though season two's out you're not, like, blocked from playing the game. <laughs> anyway, uh, Guilty Gear is good. If you like fighting games, it's definitely worth a shot, and if you're not playing it, you sh you probably should be. And it just came out on PC also, so you have no excuse. Ooh. I'll keep that in mind. Put it on your list, Joe. It's not really going to appeal to everyone, though. I mean, it's it's a pretty niche game in a niche genre, so... I actually do think I have the Mortal Kombat collection. Is that on 
Does it even have online play? I, if it does, it's probably terrible. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Collection is spelled with a K, so. Well, Everything's spelled with a K. It's got that's that. some bonus points. <laughs> yeah, okay, so, so it, it, are, do you have more to say, Zach? I was going to ask you another question. Also, the game looks amazing. And it's worth pointing out because um, it's it basically looks like you're playing an anime. Hmm. And it uses the Unreal Engine, right? It does. It does. Wow, that's which odd. is which is interesting seeing a like a two D fighting game using the Unreal Engine. Huh. Yeah. So, so like, is it actually cel shaded three D, or is it actually genuinely two D? It is technically three D, but they've used basically special shaders to make it look like it's two D. So they kind of flatten out everything that you see, whereas like Street Fighter Five uses like cell shaded 3D characters. Yeah, yeah. Street Fighter Four and Five are basically 3D, but okay, yeah, they're they're all 3D. They just play in a 2D plane because that's how people like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really surprised Bloodborne wasn't one of your two. I wanted to say Bloodborne, but you know what? I played three Souls games last year, and it's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's hard to really explain, but I, I do think Bloodborne is the best Souls game. But like, Souls games are, I don't know if it's gonna be the best of the year. Like, I'd probably play Bloodborne again. I, I just think that like fifteen was more interesting. Okay, I can I get that. Well, I mean that's kind of what what we're doing for best of twenty sixteen, which is what what are the games that are going to stick with you yeah. now that the year's over? Plus the DLC of fifteen, which I already bought, will come out soon enough. So I'm interested yeah. to see what's in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm, I'm the guy I'm that kidding. chose the sequel. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so so, what are you guys looking forward to this year for pre twenty seventeen hype? Well, actually, if I can uh, interject here for a minute, I was actually thinking. Um, so now that twenty sixteen is over, what games from twenty sixteen did you miss or not get to spend as much time with as you wanted to? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Played it for about an hour. I really want to play the rest. I just uh, Ooh, you have to, you have to. It's Street Fighter Five. We're playing right now because, um, yeah, I didn't really play it at all. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to say my game for that uh, category is uh, Homeworld: Deserts of Karak. Is that like a new expansion of Homeworld? Well, it's uh, the first two Homeworld games are set in space, and uh, Deserts of Karak is actually a prequel to the first game. And it's all about ground war before um, the civilization even gets to orbit. So it, it's, it tells a lot of backstory, but it takes the same concepts of the original games and puts it on the ground. So you've got uh, a persistent army, and it's kind of a smaller scale for an RTS. And plus there's all you know, line of sight and terrain interactions, and it's just, it's just really cool, and I just didn't have enough time to play with it. Yeah, I've never played Homeworld. Neither have I. You're killing me, Smalls. I know what the world is, I just haven't. Well, you know, and as good as they are, they're really not for everybody. But 
they're just homeworld is to strategy what half-life was to shooters it just it just elevates them to a different level and does things that you never would have expected them to do but that that's my title for 2016 game that will be getting more time in 2017 what about you brandon now that actually came out or do you want like just a game that we tried playing that maybe we didn't put enough time into I would say, yeah, just what, what did you want to try to play, but you just couldn't for some reason? Um, a game that's on my list this year to go through and beat is Near, which I started a little bit last year, and I'd like to get through and finish it hmm. this year. I've heard things about it. Yeah, there's a couple people in TG who really, really like that game. Near? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that game. So, Despite that, I know it's so janky and like... Definitely not high budget. <laughs> well, it's weird being a Square Enix game, and I, I didn't know what I was expecting. Yeah, but when you turn, yeah, well, when you turn it on, in the first like three sentences you hear, it kind of sets the tone a little bit for the game. Yeah, it's. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, Zach? <laughs> it is intentionally uh, offensive. Yeah, it is weird, and. The gameplay, the gameplay is even weird. Like it's third person with bullet hell stuff and hack and slash. A weird man. (laughs) So yeah. But the story is really good. (laughs) Yeah. So far, and it it makes me want to keep playing. And it's one of those games. I think. What did you say, Zach? I have to beat it three times to get the full story. Uh, it's more like you beat it once, then you beat the latter half of the game twice. Okay. Yeah, I've got a, a friend of mine said the exact same thing is once you beat it, you have to go through and play it again. Yeah, basically, we'll, you'll want to. Now, the uh, near Automatic or whatever it is coming out in March, is that actually like a sequel or is it like something different? No, it's, it's a sequel i don't understand how it's a sequel but um all i know interested in playing it all i know is it's got like weird bondage type people on the cover and i don't know what i'm looking at like when i see it like what is this i really don't know what's happening either i don't based on what happened in the first game i don't know what's happening here either. i have the demo of that to try to play if if you if you just said what I thought he said, Brandon, then that sends up the automatic uh, theology gaming red flags in the back of my mind. <laughs> but this game, I, I'm gonna buy it. I I just don't know yeah. how we got here, but yeah. it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> Joe, if you look at the cover, you'll see because they're all dressed in black with leather and mask, and they look cool. So is it kind of like uh, the nightclub scene from the from the the second Matrix movie? Kind of, sort of. Okay. That might be okay, maybe. Yeah. That'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. The first game has probably a more revealing outfit in there somewhere. Probably. Yeah. Oh, man, that game's so weird. Uh, <laughs> basically, like, yeah. Yoko Taro, like, hates his audience and wants you to play through his game multiple times before you even understand what's happening. So was that actually like a Square Enix property or is it someone else and Square Enix just helps publish it? Near? Yeah. Oh yeah, Square owns it. But it was developed by Kavia. 
Ah, uh, and a lot of weird budget games. <laughs> and Platinum's doing this one. Yeah, an actual good development company. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Kavi doesn't exist anymore, so I could say that. So, so basically, the guy who was at Kavia who directed that game in Drakengard and those games is now working with Platinum Games to now, make a game. Now, isn't be game of the year? And then, um, and huh. then nobody's gonna buy it, so it's great. Now, <laughs> now speaking of uh, Drakengard, isn't Near technically part of that universe or something? Yes. Isn't that all like really convoluted, and I don't even want to get into it? And it's completely unnecessary to actually enjoy Near. So. Ah, okay. But I remember. If you want it. to understand things more? I'm sure there's a synopsis on a place called Theology Gaming. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> I think I played the first Dragon Guard, and I thought it was weird, and I got rid of it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's even weirder than Near, if that's to be believed. And that don't those games demon babies at the end of one of the endings? <laughs> and, and don't those games keep getting weirder, like the farther, like the, as the sequels go on? That game is incest and pedophilia, or at least the implications thereof. I mean, it's weird, man. Hey, Joe. You guys are making me are feel those red a flags? lot better about ripping people apart in Doom. Yeah, no, no. Feel good. Uh, Dragon Guard is a weird game. <laughs> <laughs> well, this took a weird turn. So, Zach, what are you looking for? Uh, oh, near probably. <laughs> no 2016 games you want to spend time with besides Doom? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, like, well... No, well, Near Automata comes out this year, right? Did you mean yeah. this year or games that came out last year? We were starting with last year, or just games you wanted to spend more time with that you didn't get to play much of last year. Street Fighter Five. Uh, I'm sure I have some other. I wanted to play Gears of War Four, but I never got around to it. Hmm. I, I don't know what happened. I had a retail copy on release day, and just <laughs> things just like went away from me for some reason. So. Yeah. Can't really explain that one, but yes, I want to play it. Nice. Well, well, I'm sure there's probably some people out there who'd probably play it with you too. Yeah. Because they're great co-op games. Not on Windows 10. I just somehow managed to not play it, despite owning it for like a month before Final Fantasy 15 came out. Hmm. What What other games did you play for your Xbox One this year? Did I even play in my Xbox games? Like nothing. <laughs> oh, well, well, there's that. Been sitting there. Maybe that'll be your 2017 thing is to play more of your Xbox One. Yeah, like I want to play ReCore. I have that. I just haven't played it. <laughs> uh, who made ReCore? Why do? Why should I know this? Uh, Was it the Mega Man person? People who made Metroid Prime Plus. Uh, oh, Metroid Prime. Okay. So these are a lot of games that came out last year that I had yeah. to own but didn't play. Hmm. Twenty seventeen, year of the backlog. Yeah. Yeah. And this and they're just gonna keep adding games onto it, so Yeah. Especially coming up here real quick. Yeah. Ugh. My first twenty seventeen game comes out next week. Yeah, man. Good luck to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, neither can I. I'm trying to maybe buy less this year, but I still have 11 and a half months, so we'll see how well it goes. Yeah, like I want to play Near Automata and I want to play Persona 5 when it comes out. Like, But I have a feeling it's not going to happen. Yeah. Like, I got Tales of 
Berseria next week, and then about a month after that, Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Zelda, ugh. <laughs> yeah. Why? And so it's not like they're really short games coming out close together. No, these are like investments. Investments mm. of time and money. Yeah. Now, Joe, so, what do you have that you're going to want to play but won't be able to play this year? Um, as far as new releases go, probably the only two I can think of are Prey and Mass Effect. But uh, oh, I'm kind of coming out. Oh goodness. That- I'm it taking, looks weird. I'm taking a self-imposed uh, hiatus from buying games until the Steam summer sale. So instead, I'm focusing on some older stuff in my library that I don't even know what it is. So I've got, I think I've got like 12 or 13 picked out. And the first one is an adventure game called Beneath the Steel Sky from 1994. Wow. But yeah, I just I'm I'm going through the uh, the old stuff in my library, cleaning out the cobwebs, if you will. Huh. This game was given out free by good old games at some point, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean it was uh, beneath this. That's a free one, and then they also gave out uh, Treasure Adventure Game, which is on my list. And then I got some other ones from bundles and just other places. Like I've got uh, Crusader No Remorse on there, Oddworld oh, Abe's Odyssey. Neverwinter Nights, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, Mountain Blade, Dust Force, Tesla Grod. So, <laughs> yeah, basically, we'll all be dead by the time we finish our backlogs. Yeah, I, I tallied up uh, how long to beat their their hour total for all these games, and it's at like something obscene right now. It's like two or three hundred hours for just those twelve. <laughs> oh my so, I, I I don't think I'm going to. Uh, beat all of them this year but i'd like to at least play them well that's only that's only 30 hours a month so it's an hour a day so well when you put it that way it doesn't seem so bad so so you're actually gonna wait for mass effect and pray then you're not you're just gonna hold off until the steam summer sale to possibly get them even then i may not just because i'm cheap so I don't, I don't have a problem waiting another year or two until they both go down to 15 bucks. Because for I can, Prey, I have to play the original Prey before I play the new one. And since it's made by Arcane, do I have that right? And they did Dishonored 1 and 2. I want to play Dishonored 1 and 2 before I go into Prey. So The new Prey game looks weird. It's weird, but... I'd rather have something weird than something we've seen 20 times already. That's true. I mean, they took like the license and they're doing something totally different with it. So wait, Dishonored 2 and then immediately after that, like Prey's going to come out. Well, because Prey was in um, development limbo for a while because there was a trailer that came out a couple of years ago where it looked like this really awesome alien bounty hunter game. And then I forget who was developing it at the time, but they went under or stopped the project. So it's just been kind of sitting around. Oh, okay. And I think it came back to Arcane, and then they just did their own thing with it. Because Okay, because I'm looking at the original one that came out for 360. Was it 3D Realms that was doing the sequel for Prey 2? Because was, wasn't it Prey 2, and then they just canceled it and then decided to start over again? Yes, yeah. <clears throat> Let me look at it here. I mean, it, the game was announced back in 2006, 
developing under human head. But then it just went through a bunch of changes that Bethesda got it. And it was supposed to come out in 2012, I think. And then that stopped. But then Arcane took over it in 2013, and they've been working on it since. Andromeda starting a new Mass Effect trilogy? Yes. Oh, I didn't think they were supposed to start a trilogy. I think yeah. they're saying yeah. it's just a one, well, one-time thing until they make yeah. a couple hundred million, and then, oh, sequel. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's at least not a trilogy. It takes place during the same timeline, I think, probably just across the universes. So... You don't really have to know anything about Colonel Shepard oh, or anything. <laughs> you can just go in there and play it. Commander, not Colonel. Colonel. Commander, sorry. Prey is basically just going to be a standalone like the other one was. Yeah, yeah. It has nothing to do with the original or any yeah. other game, but they had to rename it after a, uh, a 20-year-old IP. Okay. <laughs> and I think the Prey one is going to be almost completely open. I think if they did that in Dishonored 2, I'd have to ask Josh about that. But you can pretty much just go anywhere right from the beginning of the game, I think. I think you can, but you have to have certain abilities unlocked to get to certain areas, and those are going to be blocked off. Not necessarily arbitrarily, but within yeah. the logic of the game world. Yeah, because what the original is a shooting game, right? And this one's going to be more like survival-ish, horror-ish? Kind of, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. But oh. yeah, in some, too many games. Pretty much. Too many games, too much money. We complain about the embarrassment of riches that is the video game industry. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's not even including all the Switch stuff coming out. Oh, please don't remind me. Yeah. All right, can I just talk about Switch real quick before we end this podcast? It's, sure, it's let's flop. rant about it. It's a flop. Yeah, it is. It's totally a flop. There's no way it's not going to be a flop. Are we all in agreement? Yes. Yeah. It's a device for everyone and no one. Yeah. I get what they're doing, but it just seems like a really expensive, like, DS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like, okay, we're going to make a handheld console <clears throat> hybrid. It'll cost as much as a console, but it won't be as powerful as a normal console. Well, really, they they kind of appeal to the common man with this thing because the number one problem facing an ordinary video gamer is having to take a break when they go to the bathroom. <laughs> so, <laughs> the Nintendo the Switch just solves that problem. Yeah, well, the Wii U kind of fixed that problem. I will say a test by personal experience. <laughs> uh, it, it's still the screens on Nintendo things are not quite HD quality. If you know what I mean. Yeah, and I get why people are excited for it, and I know that's a great family system, but just some things about it to me, I'm just like, why? You mean like the HD Rumble? Whoa, what the heck is that? You can feel the ice cubes in your hand, man. Wait, wait, wait. 
Well, that just answers another question because when I want to know how many ice cubes are in my glass, I feel it. I don't look at it. I just kind of shake it around and feel how many ice cubes are there. So, like, the rumble has, like, the rumble feature of the controller has the ability to make it feel like you have ice cubes in a glass. (sighs) So you can feel how many are in there. That's how much haptic feedback you're getting. Okay. Okay. So it's unbelievable, and they will be never be used ever. So it's kind of gimmicky because it's kind of what Nintendo does. They try. They try new stuff, which you, you know, I don't fault Nintendo for wanting to try new stuff because, you know, they're taking chances. A couple things that I see with maybe issues about is about this whole thing, the portability and like how much does that really matter? I mean. Like, do people really want to carry their big expense or their expensive systems around and actually use it? Like, if I'm going to play Zelda Breath of the Wild, I really don't want to play on a tablet size screen. Yeah. I you know, I want to, I don't want to bring, because I already have a tablet I'm going to bring or a phone, <laughs> which all play games yeah. of some sort. I don't know why I'd want yeah. this. And I, I get it like, you know, kind of like the Wii, the Wii U was like, if you have to fight for TV space and you still want to play, you know, I get it. The other thing is obviously it's selling out. So like all consoles do, they sell out pre-orders, all this stuff, and they have support right away. You have these games coming out, but is that still going to be there? Because Nintendo has gotten support at launches, you know, a guy like Mass Effect 3, all this stuff, and then they just stopped developing for it. Because they just sold so badly. Yeah, they <laughs> just slowly stopped doing it. I know, I think I saw an article already, they talked to Gearbox about, like, Borderlands 3, and they're like, yeah, it's not coming out on the Switch. <laughs> so we, well, I guess they said they tried talking to Nintendo, and then just things stopped. So, you know, like, how many more of these, like, you know, Mass Effect's not coming there. Is a future one coming there? Or are people just going to create new IPs for it? So, I mean, the, the Nintendo stuff's going to be great. Because it always is. Yeah, but then there's not enough of it. Yeah. Uh, so, here's my guess. So they say they're going to keep supporting the 3DS, which seems like a total mistake. Uh, because you, you really want all the people who own a portable to buy a Switch, but you can't really do that because it's 300 bucks, and the games cost like $60. Yeah. So, like, it's just not going to work, but but here, because it's less powerful, that means developers who don't have the money, funds, or means to make AAA-style quality graphics will probably gravitate towards it. If Nintendo does some. And that's why you see like people gravitate like Atlas who really don't have like top of the line graphics all the time or uh, the guys who made Bravely Default, the Octopath Traveler game. I don't know. Yeah. Or like Xenoblade, you know, stuff like this. So kind of like that middle market that used to exist in video games yeah. is, at least in console market terms, is could possibly be a thing on Switch. Yeah. I don't know if that's so- going to be it, but. How badly underpowered is it? Because I haven't really looked at any of the breakdowns or what people say how underpowered it is. Uh, I believe it uses an NVIDIA Tegra graphics architecture. So, uh, Because... 
I don't know how powerful it is, but it, at least for Breath of the Wild, <laughs> it's displaying at 900p instead of 720p like the Wii <laughs> version. And that's <laughs> so. I'm not a developer and I don't know much, so I'm just going to throw that out there as a disclaimer. But doesn't that automatically make it right there of making it harder to get ports then? Pretty much. <laughs> because usually when you make ports, you probably make it for like the lowest based one that you're going to put it on and then one, right? <laughs> to try to get it to at least run on those consoles. And a lot of the AAA developers are not going to downgrade the quality mm. of a game just to slap it on a nintendo system and you talked about the 3ds thing too and i found it interesting that i saw earlier that there's hints and rumors of 3ds games coming to the switch like i saw cool. some i saw something about like fire emblem fates coming out for the switch see like that's cool which that would be cool but it's now are they going to start doing like making switch and like 3ds games yeah the or is this is what they really should have did was make it so that the switch is backwards compatible with the wii and the wii u i do not get that at all with like some kind of attachment and i think and that people would that would have that would have brought in new people because for me for somebody who's not uh, initiated into the nintendo universe i look at the switch and think Nobody who's new to gaming for any reason would go pick that up. <laughs> no, they would. Yeah. Where, you know, the Wii, it was a gimmick, but it got masses of people to try it out because it was this new fun thing. And, oh, hey, look, there's a virtual console where you can play all your old games that you remember. And then the Switch is just like this. Hmm. It's like, yeah, what, what is the Imperial officer on the Death Star when he sees Chewie? He's like, what is this? thing yeah. i just no there's just no thank you next yeah it's 300 to start with no games no absolutely and not. and we may be totally wrong about how well and big this hits that is a possibility yeah i mean it's a total crapshoot you don't know but yeah. I, i'm saying based on what i've seen nintendo do before this mm. looks like a, a total waste of everyone's time i mean I'm interested to see how their paid internet or online thing will be because I haven't really had too much success playing online at points in times. And, and then they add that too, and that's even worse. Yeah. You have to pay for online. It's... Their free game of the month thing's kind of weird because it's pretty much a rental. You get to play a free game for a month and then it goes away, so you don't actually get to own the game. Every, every time you say something new about the Switch, I'm more baffled. <laughs> I just don't. I don't understand how this exists, came yeah. to market, and is so poorly thought out. Yeah, you didn't hear that one about the game. Yeah, I heard about it. It just it's, it's weird. Yeah, so you can okay. So if you buy the online play of the Switch, you can play old NES or SNES games that they randomly choose, which apparently have online play, but you don't own them permanently. You only own them for the month in which they are. Yeah, that's what I was seeing. Contrasted to PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live Gold, which yeah. both give you free games, and then as long as you're subscribed to the service, you own them forever. Now, I thought Xbox was you actually got to keep even when you lost your subscription. That may be true, and if so, that's better. 
Yeah. I'll just point out the mastery of the PC race here when you three games on Steam and Origin and you play, you get yeah, to but, forever too. But every five years I have to spend like seven hundred dollars to make my computer relevant. Okay, how much is the switch again? How much did you say? Three hundred. Okay. And how often do you buy those? I think the online's gonna be fifty per year. That'd be my guess. Is it? Then if and, you want to buy Breath of the Wild, which is the new yeah. game, that's sixty dollars. So and the pr- the prices for extra controllers too were pretty high. <laughs> you're starting at four ten, let's say, with a single game, a single game and online play. Well, they did come out and say that the one of the reasons why they didn't pack in a game is because they wanted to keep the system under three hundred dollars. So that's why there's not a game in there, and to try to have a price point that they want to hit. I, mm. But they think they're supposed to make money on hardware, which is like not how video games work anymore. Nope. It's like uh, that one two switch game. I didn't get to see much of it, but is that pretty much just a tech demo that's going to be sold for $50? It is. Yeah, it's $50 Wii Sports. Hey, it's an ice cube simulator. Don't yeah, knock it. You can feel the ice cubes in your hand. All that's yeah. doing is opening up the door for some indie uh, drinking game oh, simulator God. thing. See, but that won't fly. That won't that won't get on the the e shop or whatever they're going to call it. Yeah, well, they're totally restrictive. You know, what? they still think they're in control of the video game market, and they're not. <laughs> I really hope they do well, though. Hopes and dreams. Hopes. And it does well. Like it's 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 good stuff. I hope they do own well. Own one at some point, but not now. Man, we just kind of pooped on Nintendo, didn't we? Well, they kind of deserved it. Yes, they did. Horrible console. And we are the minority on this. Well, the Nintendo fans go wild, you know, but I I have a Wii U. I know how it feels to have a Wii U and have nothing come out for it for months. (laughs) Just sits there collecting dust. Well, I'm finally getting the game that I bought my Wii U for (laughs) in March, so. It's only four and a half years later. Yeah, because. How many times did it get pushed back? A lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it had to be on Switch, too. Yeah. And then it played not even as well on the Switch. Ugh. So, I mean, only time will tell. Only time will tell. My initial prediction, though, is that it's not going to do so hot. Yeah. Seconded. <laughs> thirded. Pro- probably thirded. <sighs> probably exert it i like nintendo i like their games i just i really think they kind of bungled this Hmm. you're like competing with tablets and you're competing with home consoles that are like three years old and already have an established library and then you're competing against yourself because the 3ds is still going to be alive Hmm. and that has 60 million people who own one it just seems like a disaster waiting to happen it's also got like a, it's a newer system that's still underpowered than the ones that came out three, four years ago. In that. <laughs> All right, but well, I, I gotta stop. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's a nice, uh, nice downer of a topic to end, end the podcast <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah, I'm still rooting for Nintendo, and I'll still cheer for them. <laughs> yeah, we'll hear from the the rafters. Yeah, we went Zelda- from like. The best of 2016 to what will be the worst of 2017. No. Hey, hey, Breath, Breath of the, the Wild, Wild will probably, probably be game of the year. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it'll be up there. 
There's going to be a lot of games that come up between March 3rd and the end of the year. Well, that's yeah. the hard part, too. You release in the beginning of the year. By the end of the year, people forgot about it, even if it's really, really good. Oh, yeah. Also, just the other thing. March 3rd. This could be possibly the worst time to release a console. Why is two, that? Two months before E3. Several months before E3, in the middle of, like, winter, when everybody's money was already expended at Christmas, and then no, like, Christmas launch hype. Hmm. You don't even have launch hype, really, in general, because you don't really know what's all coming out at launch. <laughs> yeah, and, like, the new Mario game comes out, like, eight months later? Yeah. Well, at least they got Zelda coming out. That'll move consoles. Yeah, at least that will happen. Mm. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> well, now we don't need to do a podcast on the Switch. No, we don't. We can call Game of the Year 2016 and how the Switch sucks. <clears throat> there you go. There you we, go. Got point. Yeah. we got here logically, people. <laughs> and we really all should own PCs, which we already do. So, yeah, I just don't own a good one. You will. You will. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Alright. That's been the Theology Gaming Podcast. That was really downbeat, huh? <laughs> well, way to end on a somber note. Yeah. What a somber what? note. Anyway. Does, does anyone have anything good to say before we go? Come join us next time for exploring your emotions with video games. Yeah. Well, 2017 does look like a good year for games. It's just not the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> and if you're one of the uh, okay. Sound self-righteous. If you're one of the wonderful people on PC, you can explore your 20-year back catalog with no issues. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've had issues. Especially trying to get old ones to install. But that's what GOG is for, people. Yeah, there. That's right. There for you. If you want to play Soul Reaver, bad controls, <laughs> you can. Hmm. If you want to play old DOS games, they're there. Yeah. Too bad Doom isn't on there, is it? What is? Um, on good old games. Doom is on there, right? Isn't it on uh, Steam, though? Yeah, yeah it is. It's on Steam. Yeah, it's on Steam, so. And it runs on everything. I have the Doom 2 disc somewhere in my house. <laughs> like, the like the original disc. It came on a CD. What is this disc you speak of? Yeah, this is, oh, hey, Doom 2, Doom 2 is on GOG. Oh, wow. Okay. For now. Doom 2 plus Final Doom for $10. Now everything's on GOG. Oh, yeah, that's a steal. So. Oh, there's your pop. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah, there you go. GOG, you go buy it. Yeah, I Ultimate agree. Doom, $5.99. There you go. <laughs> that's awesome. Go buy that. All right, well, this has been the GOG Gaming <laughs> Podcast. Thanks for joining me, Brandon and Joe. Any last well, thank thoughts? you for having us. No. I don't know. Well, I think the wind just kind of got sucked out of the room past <laughs> 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> That's actually the secret marketing slogan for yeah. the Switch that they'll, uh, they'll really reveal in March. Yeah, so Nintendo Switch. It'll spring. suck the air out of the room. Yeah. Suck the joy out of your spring with Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Disposable income's gone. <laughs> and you'll have to buy, you know, games you already own for a third or fourth time yep. on the eShop. That's the Nintendo way. 
Plus a $40 Ethernet adapter. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I wouldn't even be surprised. I don't even think it has a... I don't even think it has a... Oh, yeah, the Wii U does not have any Ethernet adapter. You have to buy a separate one. It doesn't? No. You, you can only use wireless unless you buy one. Huh. <laughs> I'm just really helping you out. Okay. <laughs> I gotta end yeah. this podcast. I don't want to just keep dumping on it. Yeah. Zach's just raining on people's parades. Anyway, this has been the Theology Game Podcast. Yeah. Thanks for joining me. If you want to learn more about us, you can go to theologygaming.com or you can go to the Facebook group, Theology Gaming, where we don't usually rag on the Switch, but we ended up doing it anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, and maybe, maybe you can talk about our game of the year for 2016. Maybe you have one. Please share it with us. We'd love to hear about it. Anyway, thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Joe. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.